Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the special edition of the Forestings Fire American Soccer Show, the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup quarterfinals review show, as we will review all four quarterfinal matchups in the 2023 Open Cup. And boy, neither of these games disappointed. Um, You know, you can definitely say there was a little bit of disappointment. And it wasn't from the players, it was not from the action that we all watched. No, the the disappointment has been coming from the referees. The referees have been a very big disappointment. And obvious calls that were, uh, I, you know, absolutely missed. Or you're standing there a good five to seven seconds worth to make a decision of whether that should be a penalty or not, or the flag should have gone up for offsides and it didn't. I mean, I can go back to the match between the New York Red Bulls and FC Cincinnati. I can go back to that game where it was going smoothly It was 1-1 through regulation. You get to extra time. A clear-cut foul inside the Cincinnati area. And there is no call from the referee. The referee doesn't even go to his assistant to ask, did you have a better view than I did? And what did you see? Never did that. And then... That was in the fifth round, but but then you get to you you get to these quarterfinal matches involving the USL teams, and on the first goal by Cincinnati against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds in the second half. Before Brandon Vasquez even got the ball, I saw offsides on Cincinnati from the player who passed the ball to Vasquez because that player, the cog that sprung Vasquez, he was the one who received the ball first. And he was in an offside position. And they allowed the goal to stand. And then you get to Birmingham Legion hosting Inter-Miami. The biggest match in Birmingham Legion's existence in the Open Cup. There was a definite handball 
from the Miami defenders. And the referee saw it right in front of him. Took five to seven seconds to look at that and then called the corner. Did not go to his assistant for help. Just said corner. Obviously, there is a problem seeing this. And all I can say is, is that it is very, very difficult to understand why that was not a penalty. I'm not talking about, well, is this an MLS referee? No, that doesn't make any sense. Because regardless of what type of referee was there, he was a referee for U.S. soccer. All the referees are under pro. At the moment, it is all MLS referees, the NWSL referees, the USL referees. So this is a USL referee. And that was an absolutely poor job by that referee between Birmingham Legion and Inter-Miami. If it's that blatant of a handball, point to the spot, pull out the yellow card, the Legion get a chance to convert a penalty, and that did not happen. Obviously, refereeing decisions are huge in these games. Regardless of what Inter-Miami was doing on the pitch, regardless of that, all the gamesmanship that was going on, the slowing down and this and that, you know, it does not matter. They are all battling to advance into the next round. But when you have an inept referee that does not do the job that they're supposed to be doing, well then, that referee must be punished. And the unfortunate thing here is that the referees will not get punished by pro. They were very egregious in their decision makings. And all you can say is, is this. When will referees be held accountable for their decisions on the pitch? When? Obviously, no VAR available until we get to the semifinal round of this Open Cup. And for the first time in this Open Cup, there will be VAR. But once again, it's going to be nice to finally have that mechanism in the Open Cup. And yes, it should be in every single round. It should. But we all know the costs, not the level of the stadiums that they're being played in. It's the cost to install in every single stadium, whether it's a soccer stadium, a college football stadium, a minor league baseball stadium, no matter what it is. This, my friends, is the things, these are the things that really, you know, infuriate us with the technology. And all I can tell you is this. All I can tell you is that with 
what's going on with VR, and I'm glad it's being in, you know instituted, but you know we got to have it now in the later rounds to everything. I think, to be fair, until the budget gets better for U.S. soccer, because re- once again, we all have, we 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 have to understand. MLS does nothing with this tournament. They just have their clubs participate. Same thing with USL. This is a U.S. soccer matter. It is their tournament. They are the ones that handle all of this. What they have to do is put in VAR at least, I would say, fifth round all the way to the final. Regardless of who remains involved in the tournament. Because it's getting ridiculous. It's, re- it's really getting ridiculous. Because referees are not doing their job of getting the calls right. And if they're not getting the calls right, then they, and if there's no VAR available, well, then they must go and get some help. Honestly, Mark Geiger, who has taken over pro in the referee department, has to sit down with all of his referees, male or female, I don't care. It does not matter whether it's a male referee or a female referee officiating MLS NWSL, USL, and they're involving themselves with the Open Cup, inform them if there is no VAR, please cons- you know, consult your assistants or, the fo- or your fourth official and ask them what was your vantage point if you are not sure if you are calling it correctly. But once again, this is what happens all the time and I, I, I don't want to use this, the, the, you know, the other professional sports leagues in this country but the truth is replay is now replay is now in the NHL does this the NBA is now doing this the NFL is doing this Major League Baseball is doing this the referees the umpires they all consult and say should I look at the uh, replay and they'll probably tell them, well, do you believe in what you saw? Yeah, I do, but I'm not quite sure. Okay, so let's go to replay. You already know what the criteria is to go for replay. But obviously VAR is still new in every single competition. Up to a certain point, it will be implemented. So as a referee in the world's greatest game, do you say to yourself, I'm going to make the call, but then I'm going to consult my assistant and or, and or as well as the fourth official, what did you see? Or who had the better angle than I did? Just jog over. We want you to get the call right. We want you to make sure you get the call right. You don't have the mechanism. You don't have VAR at your disposal. Go. Go and ask for help. I don't think that's, that's too hard to ask, is it? Of course not. 
Of course it's not too hard to ask. There are calls being made that obviously need VAR, and there are calls that don't need VAR. But when you're not doing your job right and you're not making the correct decisions, get yourself some help. And that's where I think it's broken with the officials. You're not doing yourselves a favor by sticking to your guns. You think you saw it clearly? Fine. But ask for help if you're not sure. It's not that hard, and we won't be yelling at you. You know, ever since VR VR got implemented, and now FIFA doing more tinkering, this was at the Under-20 World Cup. Israel... Brazil, which they defeated Brazil 3-2 in the, in, the, uh, in the quarterfinal matchup. The referee now, with his headphones, of course, he communicates with his other officials on the field as well as the VAR officials. Now, after looking at VAR, he informs the stadium of what he saw. And now, now, Now he informs everyone in the stadium what is or what is not a penalty. And I think that is the next best thing that can happen. Hopefully in Major League Soccer, that will be brought in for the referees to inform the crowd that after looking at the monitor – through VAR, I have determined that there will be a penalty awarded to this side, or a penalty will not be awarded to this side. The player in question who created the challenge, I am changing the card color from yellow to red, or I'm informing you all that the red card that I have originally issued shall now be changed to a yellow card. I think that is the next best thing. I think that is uh, a great thing. And I cannot wait to see it being implemented throughout MLS and throughout all the leagues all over the world. It's going to be strong. It's going to be great. And I cannot wait. And I really hope U.S. soccer, when they have their budget set and ready to go, that they will, they will go out and make sure, make sure that it's time, it's time to really make sure that all of these things come together. That's the hope we all have. Great show for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will now start off with my first guest. Uh, waiting for him to call in is Boston Brazel from Cincinnati Soccer Talk as FC Cincinnati defeated Pittsburgh Riverhounds by a final of three goals to one. You know, this was a great matchup. Both sides fighting for it. Pat Noonan doing an excellent job with FC Cincinnati, not just in the regular season, but also during the Open Cup getting them to battle hard, to fight, and to be ready 
to go out and challenge one of the best clubs right now in USL Championship in the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. And let me also say this. Let me also say this. When you have a head coach in Bob Lilly who has been around the block as much as he has, you know you're in for a fight. Regardless of what level he's managed in, regardless of how many clubs he has managed, Bob Lilly has been absolutely brilliant. A manager in the lower levels. And when you have a Pittsburgh Riverhound side that's ready to go, ready to battle, ready to fight, you know, you're in for a game. And so when you look at the scores and when you got that one breakthrough that does happen that Cincinnati had in the 54th minute, once again, Brandon Vasquez scores the first goal of the match. It was absolutely brilliant in the 56th minute. And once again, we already just explained the situation of the offside because it was not Vasquez who was originally offside. It was, uh, I believe it was Noah Bodo uh, who was right there to pass that ball uh, when he received it, was in the offside position and the far side referee shouldn't, he really should have raised the flag for offside, but it didn't really matter anyway. Um, Cincinnati doing the job looking good, looking strong, and unfortunately just not finding the way to go out and getting the necessary victory to advance into the semifinals uh, of the Open Cup. But, you know, cannot take anything away from what Pittsburgh has done. They had a great run. It was an awesome run. Um, unfortunate for Albert Dickwa to get injured from behind by Obina Nuoboto, uh, took a hard shot from behind into his, uh, right shoulder blade and knocked him out. And, uh, Bob Lilly forced to sub out his, one of his best, uh, players on this matchup. And unfortunately just, um, could not do it. And all you can do is go and, uh, you know, get ready for next year and just continue on the, uh, the USL championship season. That's all you can really do. And then, of course, Alvaro Barrial. I mean, what a goal. Oh, my God. Alvaro Barrial in the 71st minute. What a what a galazo that is. You know, those are those training ground goals that you don't expect to work until you actually play the match. Now, I didn't think it was going to work. No one thought it would work, but it did. And it basically erupted TQL Stadium and that, my friends, is something where, you know, you don't expect a brilliant goal like that to go out there and just light up the entire night. Goal of the tournament, maybe? I would say so. I would say so. But all I can say is, is that for FC Cincinnati, they played this match 
perfectly. They absolutely were fantastic. And then, of course, that big stoppage time goal in the second half by uh, Santiago Arias, basically flying header, gets that third goal. I mean, really, I mean, it was all over but the shouting. Uh, and he makes it 3-0. But, you know, very happy to see Pittsburgh finally converting a chance. And that was Pola Schwalmuni. Uh, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly. Tola Shouwunmi. He rips up the clean sheet, makes it 3-1, the final score uh, for FC Cincinnati. But, you know, Pittsburgh Riverhounds able to get that goal in the quarterfinals. And unfortunately for them, uh, they, they bow out. But they didn't go out with a whimper. They battled hard. They went after it, and, you know, that's what you want to see. That is the situation you want to see your club, if you support the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, how they were able to go out and find a way to battle hard and get that necessary uh, result. Unfortunately, does not go your way does not go your way. And now for the Open Cup, it's next year. And hopefully you can repeat going deep into the Open Cup for next year. Obviously, Sacramento Republic tried to go deep. They almost got eliminated in the uh, second round by Crossfire Premier. And that did not help them out, unfortunately, even though they did advance going into the third round. And they, they get eliminated by Colorado Rapids, I think in the fourth round. I have to double-check my notes, of course. But, you know, it's just one of those matches where you just have to go out and say, you know, hey, gave it your all. You tried your best. Yes, it was in the fourth round uh, as they lost to the Colorado Rapids four goals to two. Um, you know, they tried to move forward and it just didn't happen. It just did not work. And that's the unfortunate thing. So, you know, for Pittsburgh Riverhounds, once again, I thank all of, I thank the Riverhounds for giving us an exciting run because it is about the upsets or the cup sets, as we like to call them here. It is about seeing the lower levels, getting that opportunity to battle and fight to be a part of this thing, as we call the cup competition, these open cup battles. To see the Riverhounds, the one thing I will say this about the Riverhounds is this. You feel bad for them because they never got a chance to battle Rochester, New York FC, formerly the Rochester Rhinos, because of their financial troubles that they had, which is a real shame. Because their battle started in the third round, and from the third round on, they kept on going. And Pittsburgh knocking off, and by the way, we can't forget this, congratulations to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, as they are the top second division club in the Open Cup to get the furthest, uh, because they did eliminate two MLS clubs in both the New England Revolution and the Columbus Crew, Birmingham Legion only defeated Charlotte FC of MLS, but they lost to Inter Miami. 
Miami because if they would have won over Inter Miami, then they would have gotten the prize because they went further for the top club in the second division of American soccer. So that's the unfortunate thing for Birmingham Legion. They do not earn the $25,000 prize money uh, from U.S. soccer. So that's a tough one right there for them to swallow. But still, though, Pittsburgh Riverhounds, you've got to give them plenty of credit for what they've done. The run that they went in, they knock off New England at Gillette Stadium in the fourth round, uh, late first half goal. And then, of course, Albert Dickwa, early first half goal around the 22nd, 24th minute against the Columbus crew. And they hold on to defeat them to move on to the quarterfinals. And that match was on CBS Sports Galazzo Network um, in that fifth rounder over at Highmark Stadium and a sold out Highmark Stadium over 6,000 people went to that match. And, you know, if we are seeing this sport matter, not just in cities in Major League Soccer, but obviously the cities that are hosting USL Championship Clubs, League One, NISA, the the lower levels of the amateurs like in USL League Two, NPSL, and even UPSL, and so on and so on. Well then, I think it's time that we are all taking a look and seeing what's going to happen for the future of the sport in this country. But let me just say this. Let me just say this. I really believe that we are seeing a great future for this sport in this country and the U S open cup should be a part of it. And when you get these clubs in the lower levels, getting this opportunity to face these MLS clubs, well, guess what? It works. That's the big matchup right there. That my friends is the huge matchup that we are seeing And this is why we love this tournament. That's why those clubs that battle in the FA Cup in England get the same opportunity to knock off a Premier League team or whoever they face in the draw. Even though it's a full blind draw and it works over there. And I admit the region is huge. Our country is very fast. Vast V-A-S-T. And it's going to be tough. And I know there are those that are sick and tired of playing the same teams over and over and over again. I understand that. So my opinion is this. We'll still keep the regions, but it's got to be region-wide that draws. That's how I see it. It has to be region-wide. Because then we can see who wants to host, who doesn't want to host, and obviously if both want to host, then you go for the draw. Um, I like the cards, obviously, but I think sooner than later, we're going to have to move on to those little uh, tiny balls to make the draws happen. 
but so far, I, I mean, so far, I, I, I mean, you know, this has been a damn good open cup. We're seeing excellent matches. We're seeing battles. We're enjoying the coverage. And now CBS is involved. And to see the draw happen for the semifinals and the hosting positions that was done at the Galazzo Network studio for CBS. I, I mean, this is what we've been hoping for, haven't, haven't we? I mean, ESPN has done a good job, but CBS Sports, it's a little bit better. It's definitely a little bit better. So the hope is that for next year, CBS Sports takes over. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, FC Cincinnati, they defeat uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds three goals to one. Unfortunately, it looks like Boston uh, Brazel is not available tonight. Looks like something must have happened. Not sure what happened, but uh, hopefully we'll have him back on again uh, in the future. And we will find out what the situation uh, for FC Cincinnati will be as once again, they will be hosting the semifinals against Inter-Miami over at TQL Stadium. And it should be a lot of fun, and it should be exciting. And I cannot wait to get that taken care of. Joining me right now, the other quarterfinal matchup, as Inter-Miami heads up to Birmingham, Alabama, and they squeak out a 1-0 victory over the Birmingham Legion. And joining me right now from... Down in Miami, big time Miami. The one of the co-hosts of Football Miami TV, Uncle Ed, joins me. Ed, I know you're happy because the mega superstar is coming. But did you think during this season, before he came, that you would see Inter Miami on an Open Cup run and now are in the semifinals? Oh, Dan, uh, thanks, first of all, for having me on the show. It's been a while, man. It's been a while. Um, I know. Man, uh, where, where to start? Uh, you know, this, is a, this run has been, uh, you know, <laughs> incredible for Inter-Miami because they've made it by the hairs on their chinny-chin-chin. You know, they, uh, they barely squeak through every game. Uh, you know, they've suffered through every game, but they've made it through. And now, you know, with, with, with the uh, mentioned uh, uh, famous uh, player that's coming through into Miami, he's going to get a chance to play in that game. So, you know, I, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's like make-believe, man. It's like, you know, I was, I was crossing my fingers that we'd uh, win that game, you know, and uh, against uh, uh, Birmingham, right? That's who they, <laughs> I even forget the name. With the Legion, yeah, Legion. Um, yes, right, so, yes, the Birmingham Legion. It's just you know it's it's incredible that uh, that they they were able to squeak by all these games and now you know now all the teams are going to play with their full squad from here on I, I would imagine and of course we're going to get Messi to show up and there's rumors of all these other players Dan I don't know what to do you know it's, it's just like a dream come true for me you're on cloud nine you can't speak I think you've been. I, I uh... think. <laughs> you can't speak now. It's crazy. This has never happened yeah. to you before. What's going on, man? 
it, it's incredible, man. I just, it's just, uh, this is really, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, I see, I can't, I can't say anything, man. It's just too much. It's, uh, it's incredible. <laughs> it is, it I mean, the, the effort that, that the owners have done, you know, nobody believes this too. That's the funny thing, you know, I, I you know, we, we kind of have a little bit of contact with the owners and they've kept insisting that, you know, this is going to happen. And then everybody's like, yeah, whatever, you know, and I told friends, you know, he's, he's coming, you know, he's coming. And they're like, no, he's going to take the money from Saudi Arabia. You know, he, there's no way he's going to do that. You know, he's going to do anything else, but the, you know, well, there we go. See who won? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you know, I have to ask you, um, I mean, look, I, I don't know if you did travel to Birmingham, Alabama, or you watched it on your, uh, on your computer, watching it on CBS sports, Galazzo network through Pluto or on the Paramount plus app. But you know, that opening mm-hmm. uh, couple of minutes or so, a little hairy. I mean, let's be honest, defender, I mean, that that defender of your one of your defenders, he had his arm out, and it did hit him, and, you know, referee yeah. called corner, but that, that, that could have easily been a penalty shout. That, I mean, that could have been yeah. a penalty right there. That could have changed the whole game, uh, Dana, and uh, that's that's what I'm telling you. you know, all, this, well, all these games in the Open Cup, we've just barely gotten through and, uh, you know, if I think that we probably would have been knocked out in the next round had, had you know, Messi not, you know. We don't know how Messi's going to play with the team anyway from here on. It's like it's all a mystery now, you know. But I would imagine, you know, and there's talks about all these other players that are supposedly going to come. So there's the chance that, you know, we, you know, that Messi could get some more gold, you know. Uh, but as far as the game, man, um, you know, uh, wow, it's, uh, every I, I was watching on my phone at work, you know, because I, I work at FedEx, so I'm you know kind of busy most of the time. But you know, I was squeaking, squeaking little you know bits and and parts here and there. Uh, took my break um, during the game. I actually did a, a live show in the halftime, so most of the second half I didn't watch uh, because you know the whole messy thing was announced that same day. So it was just like you know it was. It was um, kind of tough to get anything done at work that day, you know, and watch the game. I watched bits and pieces, like I said, but, um, you know, I was happy to see when we scored, happy to see that we advanced and, and, you know, uh, and the rest of the teams, uh, you know, they, they, they're, you know, all the tickets are selling out. Um, you know, all these open cup games are also there, you know, everybody's going to make money. So I think everybody's happy with what's happening with uh, Inter-Miami at this, at this point. Yeah, very true. Yeah, very true. Um, obviously, uh, Phil Neville gets sacked. Javier Morales takes over, and it's the Open Cup match. I mean, that had to be a little bit of a worry because you don't know what Javier Morales uh, – you know, is capable of doing as a coach because he's just getting the interim management position or the interim manager job uh, for the rest of the season before either you get someone in or maybe he does enough to say, okay, he's got the job. You know, were you worried about at least tactics wise, what was going to happen in this one? Oh, for sure, man. Uh, um, We knew they were going to come out with a somewhat, you know, uh, you know, starting team lineup. Um, you know, the, the last match that we had where, where Javi actually, you know, got his debut was, uh, you know, we lost. And, you know, we lost Miller, as a matter of fact. Miller was, uh, you know, he's a red card and he was digging out. 
So, you know, we were playing with 10 men down from, I think that was what, sixth, seventh minute or something like that. Um, and so we really weren't able to see what, you know, Javi's tactics were, you know, where, where he, you know, what, what he wanted to do with the team. Uh, and this one we somewhat saw, but we still see that there's that lack of that 10 man. We missed Bosuelo. Uh, you know, the team wanted to retain him, but it, it's, you know, he, he wanted more money. And with the whole thing that Messi was coming, they were just trying to save money left and right. And they had to do, somebody had to get sacrificed and Pozuelo had to get sacrificed. And that's a position I think that we, that we were, uh, that we definitely need uh, in order for our team to work. I think had Pozuelo been uh, playing with us at this point, we would, we would be up there. I wouldn't say we'd be in first place, but, I think uh, Campana would be scoring more, and, and Joseph Martinez as well. Um, but you know, you could see that Joseph just, man, he's rusty. He's just, he's just not the same player. And I think it's, it's, it's that he needs somebody to feed him, somebody to put the, the ball to his feet, and, uh, and, and that's not happening. So uh, he's not scoring, and he's just not the player that he used to be, man. And it's like a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, in, in the, you know that uh, get on our show are always critical about him saying that he's washed up, that, you know, he's not the same player that he used to be, that he doesn't even track back. Uh, when when they put Joseph in there, they're saying, no, just put at least Campana, uh, you know, he, he tracks back and he defends and, you know, but Joseph is just, he just stays up. So, um, you know, a, you know, going back to, to the, the coach, um, we weren't able to see very much in that first game, but in this one we saw, a little bit, and, and like I said, there's that lack of that ten. Uh, somebody providing that, you know, that that those passes to to the forwards. Um, you know, Arroyo has done somewhat of a. He's been decent. You know, I can't really get on the guys on the guy too much. He's he's kind of covering for you know Gregory, who was you know splendid in the first in the first couple of games before he got injured. Uh, he was kind of uh, you know managing. That midfield, you know, as as a you know, as a midfield, I wouldn't say he was playing totally as as a number eight or anything. He was just all over the place, kind of like trying to act, you know, be that just that that midfielder that was connecting the the defense and, and the offense. Losing him was huge for us. Um, it, it changed the whole uh, you know scheme of the team. Uh, Mota then got hurt, and that even that hurt us more. And then so that's why we had to get Arroyo and. and you know, it, it, those are, you know, big shoes to fill. He's done his, you know, what he could, but uh, but I just have, it hasn't been enough. And um, Inter-Miami is, is we're, we're really hurting. And, and you know, these next games that are coming up, you know, every, I think everybody's pumped up right now because um, Messi's coming. So hopefully that will give them a little bit more incentive to, you know, play a little bit better because all these, there's, there's that, that chance that a lot of these players won't be here pretty soon. They're going to start trading. They're probably going to, you know, Pizarro might be his last few moments with the team. He's got to, you know, step it up. Uh, all these players, you know, they all want to play with Messi, but nobody's really guaranteed a spot. Very true. Very true. And we'll see what happens moving forward. But once again, Drake Callender, uh, stalwart net 
I mean, obviously, uh, you never thought he would be your top goalkeeper, and he's just come up huge, whether it be in MLS play. Not this season, unfortunately, but at least in Open Cup play. You know, he's really looked good. He's looked strong. Uh, just to see Drake Callender getting this opportunity to be your starting goalkeeper. I mean, what has he done for Inter-Miami since he's been uh, with the club? He's made a huge difference. I think our defense is a little bit better this year. Uh, we haven't had that, that many uh, goals scored on us. Uh, and a lot has to do, you know, with, with definitely with Calendar because he's just, he's just uh, you know, at a great level right now. He's blocking everything. The guy's just, you know, he, he does he does the best he can, and he's done great saves. You know, Campano almost, you know, scored on him as, a, you know, as an own goal, you know, and he, and he was able to block that. And you know they're just—he's just been on top of everything, and that's got him enough. That's got him a nod for the U.S. men's national team, and um, yeah, hopefully they'll give him a chance. Uh, you know, being in the last place team definitely helps him <laughs> because we're getting shot at a lot, and you know we're losing games, but we're not losing games by a lot. We haven't been like totally destroyed by any. We haven't seen any four zips, you know. Um, so I think we're. Um, you know, defensive wide, I think we're better better than last year. But um, and, but you know, a lot has to do with calendar and his his great performances. Very, very true. Very, very true. He's been pretty good out there in goal, and you know, he's done a lot for the club. Now, I know it's going to be a bit of a delay for the semifinals. You're not going to be playing in the semifinals until August 23rd, and Miami right. will be on the road at TQL Stadium uh, against FC Cincinnati. But if I can ask you this, what do you think needs to happen from this point on? Of course, League's Cup is coming, Messi's coming, and – it's probably going to take him a while to get used to being in the league because I don't think – look, we all know how great he is. I don't know if he'll have the chemistry right away, just like the slow start he had when he moved to Paris. But right. what are you expecting him uh, after he does come over on the transfer window that he's going to get this ship righted as quickly as possible? Uh, yeah, like you said, it's probably going to take some time. Will it be enough uh, time? I mean, he's he's coming in July. Uh, the, the games are not. He's going to have what a, a good what eight, eight games, perhaps. Um, maybe that's too much, but you know, to, to play and to try to gel with the with the play with the other players. Um, you know, we don't also know what other players are coming. We've heard of you know Suarez a possibility. I, I hope not. I think you know because somebody's going to get bit. So you know, I don't want that to happen. Um, I think we got enough with, you know, instead of Suarez, uh, I think Campana could, could do that job. Um, as far as, uh, you know, uh, how how he will uh, be able to, uh, you know, adapt to the team, uh, you know, that's, that's, he's the best player in the world. I think he's going to try to do his best to, to, to be able to gel with them well. Um, and uh, it, also, it also comes down to who else shows up. If Busquets shows up, then we've got, the possibility of, you know, a total, you know, domination as far as, you know, a, a possession of the ball. Um, because, you know, between those two, uh, it, you know, and it, it would be just, you know, I think we'd be unstoppable that, you know, the, the, the connection from uh, defense to the offense would be would be right there. But, uh, you know, people are going to be marking them. They're going to be on top of 
of uh, of uh, Lionel Messi. Um, and that's where the other uh, players need to excel. They need to, you know, um, take advantage. And, and hopefully Messi's level will rub off on some of the other players and they'll be able to, you know, take some of that pressure off of uh, Messi so he can do his thing and, um, you know, and this team uh, could possibly advance. Cincinnati's a tough cookie, man. That's Those guys are on fire right now, they, you know. Uh, and it's going to be difficult to, 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 you know, get past them. But uh, if if it happens, yeah, I think there's a possibility that uh, the, the final could be in South Florida, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that, you know, by, by the time uh, the Open Cup match against Cincinnati happens, that, that this team will somewhat, you know, we'll, we'll have some wins behind them and they'll be able to be somewhat competitive against Cincinnati. Absolutely. Well, Ed, listen, thank you as always for joining me and uh, hope to have you back on again soon. And I know you're still giddy. I know you're still in dreamland. But you got to come back down to earth, my friend. But he will be coming. Uh, yes. That's true. That's true, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. And, and uh, love, you know, we, we basically copied you, Dan, uh, back in the day. I, I think we've been... Uh, I think like 12 years or something on, and uh, doing podcasts. And uh, the, I think I remember Peter Brown and, and I, we were like saying, uh, we, let's, we, we wanted to do a podcast and we just started listening to, to, to Dan and uh, you, on, on blog talk radio. And that's how we started. So, you know, you're, you're the OG of OG. Okay. That means uh, royalties are wanted and bring them over. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But I appreciate it though. I really do appreciate you guys uh, uh, following, uh, following me. So uh, thank you very much. All right, Dan. Awesome talking to you, man. All right. Talk to you too. Thanks a lot. And that was Uncle Ed from the Football Miami TV podcast. Joining me right now, all the way down in Houston, it is the one and only Derek Stowers for, of course, Bayou City Soccer, Houston Dynamo, a 4-1 victory on the road at SeatGeek Stadium against the Chicago Fire. Derek, what a match for the Dynamo. What a victory. I mean, you had to be, you know, surprised and happy to see the Dynamo coming out like a house on fire, taking out Chicago the way they did. <clears throat> certainly, certainly in the house of the fire. Uh, <laughs> excuse me if I sound a little uh, breathy. I'm a little under the weather, but you know, no better medicine than talking about a four-one victory. Um, yeah, you know, uh, we were talking a little bit briefly um, in our DMs uh, right after the game, and. You know, I was pretty a little surprised. You know, this was um, like the the last time you had me on. I was when we were previewing the fire. <clears throat> I thought that uh, this was certainly a game that they did not. I mean, you never want to lose a game, but considering their uh, place in the MLS standings, something that I thought that they were going to come out pretty <clears throat> pretty uh, bloodthirsty. It certainly seemed that way, especially early in the match. And they, they, there were a couple of moments that, you know, they played their way back in. But really, credit to the Dynamo for, you know, not just weathering that early storm, but, but kept going for it. No matter, you know, 
no matter how much. And, you know, after, you know, what they always say is, you know, oh, that two nothing lead is the most dangerous lead in all of uh, sports. And it showed true, but they, they kept in it and really stayed in it the entire rest of the game. So credit to Ben Olsen and the, the Dynamo for their uh, defensive prowess, but also finding a way to uh, to click on offense as well, which had been one of their Achilles heels uh, this season. So credit to them. And again, another another four-goal uh, U.S. Open Cup game. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's great. And, you know, I think, I mean, Ben Olsen, I mean, we know how much he – always puts his heart and soul into the open cup. Obviously he's won it a couple of times as a player, won it as a coach. So when you've got a guy like that managing your club, I mean, he's giving it all and he's telling his players, you got to go out there. We've got to go and get this because it does lead to qualifying for the CONCACAF champions cup now. No, absolutely. And, you know, considering, you know, the dynamo had had a pretty congested, like me, uh, but in a different way, congested schedule um, with several games being played in a short amount of time. And, you know, you know, we're, we're going to go, uh, we've got the LA Gal- or LAFC twice coming up. So for them to really pretty decent starting, uh, starting lineup, um, really shows, like you were saying, his conviction towards the U.S. Open Cup, which is, I think, with the Dynamo sort of in a precarious position in uh, the league standings, definitely going for it in a knockout competition shows that level of conviction uh, to to trying to win a trophy in uh, something that is within reach. So, yeah, re- really credit to really good lineup management, especially coming off of <clears throat> a really bad uh, 6-2 loss to Vancouver and then a 3-0 loss to uh, St. Louis, uh, for him to kind of in the, the right uh, defensive mindset, but also on the offensive side as well, shows how uh, sometimes definitely getting some losses in a uh, short amount of time for him to be able to kind of put the pieces and the game plan together in the right way, um, that that shows a lot of attention to detail that certainly helped us in this uh, 4-1 victory. And again, Chicago, they had their chances. They had a couple really good shots. It took some important early saves, uh, perhaps some officiating going uh, the Dynamo's way. I'm not going to say too much more on that, but uh, there were a couple couple iffy things that sometimes can be called the other way. I think that, in general, the officiating was correct, but certainly that was frustrating for uh, for Chicago, and it led to them getting a little sloppy. They took their the eye off the proverbial ball, as it were. Mm-hmm. What's been this surprise with Aliu Ibrahim? He gets a brace in this one. Uh, I, I mean, you know, the set, the first goal was just a peach of a goal. It was awesome. Went short side. 
beats Sperry to the near side post. And then, of course, he's at the right place at the right time, stayed onside and puts in the rebound in the second half in the 59th minute. What is it about Ibrahim right now that he's on fire during Open Cup time? Yeah, I, I can't say enough about him. I mean, he is – the Dynamo in general are a very good team in transition, and part of that is because uh, Ben Olsen's style is a little bit more defensive-minded, which leads – to other teams kind of cheating in a little mm-hmm. bit because we've got some players back. But players like Coco Carasquilla and Ache Ache are just such good distributors of the ball that they can play along. And Ibrahim is so good at being in transition. And also, Kionis is, is another good one. He's the guy that earned the penalty and then cleaned things up and got his own goal. But, yeah, they, they are just – so good in transition and when you have space to work with and you've got that level of pace and then the intelligence like you said and I even wrote this down as one of my notes and you kind of I think that you might have stolen it but yeah the, the first goal of Ibrahim's was just so smart to try and play it near post because a lot of strikers will try and you know the way that their body is opened up they'll try and go towards the back post. So going near post really throws the uh, the goalkeeper for, you know, it's a little unexpected and very intelligent. So very intelligent runs by Ibrahim, very good at controlling the ball when he gets a good pass, and then intelligence in front of goal to know where to shoot. And I think that <clears throat> certainly Ben Olsen's style certainly – uh, benefits a, a striker like him that just needs space to run, but it's also multifaceted at taking players on the dribble and then, like I said, just being able to to take his spots. So, you know, kudos to him, and I can't wait to see what he does in the next round. Yeah, that's going to be a big matchup, though, in the semifinals because you're going to be taking on Real Salt Lake. And before we even get to that, uh, just want to say, you know, Chicago Fire – I think you know Frank Klopas uh, has been on part of the fire for no matter how many years it's been on and off and, you know, getting them to really dial it up in the open cup. I mean, that's why I love to see, I love to see managers that take this competition seriously, battling each and every single minute, every single moment on or off the ball to go out and tell his, their players Listen, this is what we're fighting for. We've always are fighting for trophies, no matter what level it's at. Uh, just great stuff. And once again, though, Houston coming up big. And, you know, in a season, I guess, in, in league play, it, it's been of a struggle. But still, though, uh, they're battling for a trophy. What does that say to you about what the job that Ben Olsen has done so far? You know, because he's done this before with D.C. United against Real Salt Lake. Yeah, um, I, I think definitely with the, the congested um, schedule, having the the, the right, um, I guess, in, insight into lineup load management where you, you give guys chances in a competition like this, but how do you, you know, find out who's earned it and then, some of the the other bigger names, they also feel entitled. So how do you 
choose which guys get to play and everything is plays a big part of it. But um, like I said, Dynamo coming off of two short, um, pretty significant losses. Um, how how do you turn around from that? I think shows his level of uh, his attention to detail, and certainly when you're when you're playing for a cup, um, and you know. I I love the U.S. Open Cup for so many different reasons. Um, on the the level of, uh, I guess, uh, it's not quite on the level as the MLS Cup, but it is still trophies, and you want to play for trophies every single time, you know, you step onto the field. And Ben Olsen, like you said, has been there with D.C. United, and... I think that he he sees what's how how to put this balance of uh, personnel in, but also how to quickly adjust coming off of two big losses. How to say, look, we're coming off of two big you know losses, but remember, in the last U.S. Open ca- Open Cup game, we won four to nothing. Let's use that going forward, and I think. Uh, Certainly, that early defensive shape he helped get took some of the the wind out of the fire, so to speak, and that helped give them confidence to go in and start playing some of these long balls like Tikiunas, who won a penalty. That took more wind out of the fire. Then to keep going, even though they got another goal and they switched off to let Chicago back in, which... Going into the second half, Chicago looked like another dangerous side that was trying to equalize. They found their momentum again. They weathered that early uh, amount of pressure, and that took away the momentum from the fire, and it helped fuel their own, you know, dynamo. And that's that's you know you you learn that in the the co- you know. Uh, you learn that at practice. They drill that into you about how to stay focused. And, you know, Ben Olsen, again, he's been there. He knows. So I, I think that they've got a real, a really good one in uh, him who's definitely experienced in this competition, but with the league as well. Very true. And it's going to be a fun one to see what's going to happen. Um, you got to wait till August 23rd for the semifinals, so uh, I will not ask you any questions about your next opponent. We'll uh, get to that at another date and time, but still, though, Derek, uh, big win for the Dynamo. They defeat Chicago 4-1. You're moving on to the semifinals to take on Real Salt Lake, and I will talk to you again soon. Good luck with the rest of the season and with League's Cup coming up. You have a good night, sir. All right. Thanks again for having me on, man. Thank you for coming on. Once again, Derek Stowers from Soccer, excuse me, Bayou City Soccer, as they Houston Dynamo defeat Chicago Fire by final of four goals to one. Well, he's late. He's very late. And no, he will not owe me any Skyline Chili on this one. It'll be for a higher level of a restaurant in downtown Cincinnati, one of his finer establishments. 
<laughs> but it is. <laughs> you said I can use you any way I can, and here it is, Mr. <laughs> Big Boy. Once again, Boston Brazzle, Cincinnati Soccer Talk, uh, FC Cincinnati defeating Pittsburgh Riverhounds three goals to one. Uh, first things first, Brazzle, honestly, um, you know, Pittsburgh not a pushover. Uh, they gave you a good fight until finally Vasquez got that opening goal. But still, though, that was a heck of a battle that the Riverhounds gave Cincinnati out there at TQL. Uh, the Riverhounds play us hard every year. It seems like we end up playing them. We, we played them last year. They played us tough. Uh, I think it took extra time in the U.S. Open Cup in uh, the, the previous year. So we are used to Pittsburgh and Bob Lilly, uh, despite leaving the USL, they – they tend to show up about every year, it seems, and uh, the players, man, they're good. They're a well-coached team. No, they really are, and just amazing what they're able to do, uh, battling against you guys, you know, for every single blade of grass on the TQL stadium pitch. Um, still, though, were you getting a little concerned with the yellow cards being issued to Cincinnati because you're thinking, oh, my God, we're going to get someone sent off here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting pretty well trained. We have a few uh, sharks on our uh, team. We just had played New York City FC in Major League Soccer play the uh, weekend before, and we took a lot of cards in that game as well. So uh, kind of becoming, uh, unfortunately, a habit at this point. Mm-hmm. No, it really is. I mean, you know as well as I do, league play is always a dogfight, no matter who you're facing off against, and uh, you always got to be on your toes. Uh, before we even get into the match, how big has Pat Noonan been as the head coach for this club? I mean, obviously he took over last year uh, or the year before that, um, has been amazing uh, for your guys right now, and it just looks like he's locked you got he's locked the entire club into this. Oh yeah, I have till uh, how long does the show go? 11 p.m. Um, <laughs> Pat Noonan has completely changed uh, how this coach or how this club functions. We, I think I, I think I've told you in the past before that we always felt like we had ownership, and we always felt like we had the fan support. We were missing um, that one thing that seems like it's the easiest of the three to to do uh, to have in Major League Soccer, and that's just to find the right coach fit, coaching fit, and we struggled to do so. Uh, last place three years in a row, coaching, revolving door, um, just trying different methods, the Dutch system uh, um, and the USL system, all the wrong things before we found the right thing. Eventually, um, mm. do what do uh, like uh, do what feels best, I guess, in Major League Soccer, or and that is go find someone who has a successful system and uh, poach them. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> That's what you got to do in this league. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Major League uh, Soccer is just different beasts. Like Miami will probably have to uh, iron out. Uh, uh, Tata Marina, of course, of having played before with. Um, uh, Atlanta, but uh, their players will be coming in here, and they'll discover pretty quickly it's a physical league. And so we had to go through that ringer. Pat and honestly, a little bit better than mm-hmm. expected, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yep. but knowing the league frontwards and backwards, taking everything Jim Curtin taught him over the years and putting it to good use. And, of course, 
uh, Chris Albright, of course. I think the best quote I saw was they said how they were recruited by FC Cincinnati was they were told, we want you to do everything the Philadelphia Union do with growing talent, gaining talent. We're just going to give you three times the money to do it. Yep, absolutely. Let's go ahead into the goals, and uh, Brandon Vasquez converts the first goal of the match in the 56th minute. Now, I I have to ask you, I have to ask you, because it's not Vasquez that was the problem. It was the player before him who looked to have received the ball in a bit of an offside position, even though the flag stayed down and the goal does count. Was that a little worry when you saw that? Were you concerned when you watched it, or were you able to watch it back when you got home? That there could have been a hint of offside? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it was offside. Um, it was a play that uh, Don Baji was – I honestly think it could be a rare double offside. Uh, I can't the, – unfortunately, the TV camera angle is not quite good enough um, for us to get a good look at Vasquez uh, on, a, on a line basis. But uh, Don Baji looks clearly off even with a – uh, fortunate angle line. Yeah, I would uh, I would give that goal back if I could um, mm-hmm. and take a 2-1 win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I absolutely agree with you there. But still, though, uh, you can't take away what Alvaro Barrial did. My God, what a rip. I could not believe he volleyed that sucker in the way he did. Risky play, right? Because – if Acosta kicks it that way and it doesn't hit its mark, uh, that ball can go the other way. So they have practiced that. Um, it's one of the things we've seen in real life a couple times. It just that's the first one that went in. If a, an opponent gives Barrial all that space at the top, Acosta will take the chance and uh, will serve that ball to him. So that was probably the third one we've seen in real life first one to hit um yeah i guess that's a, a wake-up call to uh other and most teams not to leave barry off so far alone at the top of the box <laughs> mm-hmm. no absolutely and uh gotta watch out whenever he's uh, a couple yards away from the 18 so just to make sure like no one gets him but still though if no one does get him and he does convert him you know hey bangers only what are you gonna do and then of course santiago arias um uh, with the diving header, the flying header in second half stoppage time makes it three nil. We know Pittsburgh scored to destroy the clean sheet for Khan and make it three one, but still though, you know just to see Cincinnati really on another big run in the open cup, just like you guys did last time to go to the semifinals in two thousand seventeen against of course the New York Red Bulls. And unfortunately, you know, it ended there. What's the hope here? The hope is you well you're back in the semifinals for the first time as an MLS side, but first time in a long time. Are we thinking winning the cup? You're hoping to win the cup? What's going on here? You know, looking at the teams left, we were pretty confident. Um, now we're going up against probably Messi in um, August, so it just got really, really interesting and probably. Uh, jump the ticket prices fourfold because <laughs> that match will be in Cincinnati uh, mm-hmm, thanks to the, um, the soccer coin flip gods. So, yep, exactly. Um, 
I don't know. That, that's going to be a tough one, right? It depends who uh, – Miami is so up in the air right now. Who is uh, Messi coming with? How fast are they going to gel? Uh, we, our eyes are definitely all of a sudden going to be caring about what Miami does down there, how fast they put it together. FC Cincinnati is trying to keep pace. Of course, news breaking that they have signed a $7 million partner for Brandon Vasquez, uh, the Brenner replacement from the Saudi League. Uh, I think he was the leading goal scorer in the Turkish League two years ago. So that's their answer, <laughs> if you can have one, to Messi being signed in Miami. Um, they're not going to lay down and and say we're in first place, we're done signing people. They're, they're still staying active in the market. So that's good for the fans here. Watch the U.S. Open Cup this year. It's just it's it's good. The semifinal yep. round is going to be wild. You got the best oh, team in Major League Soccer versus the best player in the world. Exactly. <laughs> that's that that's going to be what that that's definitely going to be probably the first time you're going to see a high-profile player in Lionel Messi taking on uh, one of the better sides in MLS. Uh, in the semifinals of the Open Cup, and it's going to be pretty, pretty damn good. I, I think this is going to be one of those, uh, you know, if Messi takes you down all by himself, you're in deep trouble. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm. You, did you see Wayne Rooney's comments? And I apologize if you've already talked about it on the show, saying look nope. out, Messi, because you're. Yeah, today he said, be careful. It's going to take a little bit more than you think in Major League Soccer. Exactly. You know, of course he knows. Um, but I, you know, he just did a little bit of caution and that's because DC could theoretically be the first team to play Miami. And he was saying, I'm excited about it. I think it will be great to test my players against them. I think he's going to get a lot of info, not just from Wayne Rooney. He's going to get from Thierry Henry. Cause even he, even Henry, when he came to play for the Red Bulls, uh, he took the league a little bit lightly. And then when he realized that you can't do that, then he really turned it on in the following season. So Definitely, yeah. he's going to learn very quickly. You know, it, you, it may look easy on the outside, but it's really hard on the inside. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I think, of course, why all years uh, for Messi to come in the league? Is it the year Cincinnati happens to be running away with first place? Um, and, you know, making our Open Cup challenge a little bit more difficult than maybe it needs to be, but... Two games, that's all you need. Two games, and you that's are it. the winner of the U.S. Open Cup. Yep, and you head over to the CONCACAF Champions Cup as well, and you start off in the first round. So we'll see what happens there. But all I got to say is this, Boston, uh, just enjoy the season so far. Good luck with the uh, League's Cup coming up, and uh, we'll preview uh, that semifinal matchup later on in the year. So uh, thanks again for coming back and saving yourself. And uh, I will have you back on again soon. And, yes, you will take me to your finest steakhouse in all of Cincy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me and, uh, and humoring me as I tested your ability to handle a uh, no-guest situation live. Yes, yes, you did. But don't worry. I don't get mad. <laughs> I get even. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, you're good. Don't worry about it. As long as you made it, that's all that matters. Thanks again. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you. All right. See you. Boston Brazzles, Cincy Soccer Talk. 
as uh, once again FC Cincinnati defeating Pittsburgh Riverhounds by final of three goals to one. And of course, finally, unfortunately, no guests for this one, but Real Salt Lake looked to be in the driver's seat, three nil. Damir Kralach gets a brace in the first half. Jefferson Savarino made it three nil, but then all of a sudden the Galaxy made it three two on a penalty in the 82nd minute by Gaston Brugman. Douglas Costa in the 84th minute made it 3-2 on a golazo. Unfortunately, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito, left the match, and it's official. It's a torn ACL in the right leg. Uh, So, unfortunately, he is done for the rest of the season for the Galaxy, and hopefully he'll be back for next year. So, here is the schedule uh, for the semifinals. And once again, it'll be on Wednesday, August 23rd, as FC Cincinnati will host Inter-Miami TQL Stadium. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Houston Dynamo will be hosting Real Salt Lake at Shell Energy Stadium. That will be at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Central. Both matches will be broadcasted through CBS Sports, either CBS Sports Galazzo Network on your laptops through Pluto TV website or Paramount Plus or... CBS Sports Network or CBS National. We do not know at the moment. It just says CBS Sports, but expected to be CBS Sports Galazzo Network, but we'll have to wait and see. Maybe we will get lucky and it will be on the national channel on our televisions. It would be fun. It would be great, but we'll have to wait and see. But at this moment in time, not sure if it will be on national CBS Sports for now. Have it be on CBS Sports Galazzo Network. I want to thank my guest tonight, the late Boston Brazel of Cincy Soccer Talk, Uncle Ed of Football Miami TV, and Derek Stowers of Bayou City Soccer. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me this coming Monday as we get ready to preview the Gold Cup qualifiers and the CONCACAF Nations League matches in the semifinals and, of course, the final matchup. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long and bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everybody.